Hey there, Bert. Oh, hi, Ernie. Hey, Bert, you want to play a game? Mm, no, I'm, I'm reading right now, Ernie. Well, you, you don't want to read all afternoon, do you, Bert? Yeah. But uh, I know reading is good for you. Reading is great, and reading is a lot of fun and all that sort of thing. But, Bert, you need your exercise, too, you know? Yeah, I know. I'll, I'll exercise later. I want to read right now, though. Okay? Okay, Bert. But, uh, incidentally, Bert, you're it. Bert's it. Bert's it. What? You're it, Bert. Well, what do you mean I'm it? We well, see, that's the game. I just tagged you, and you're it until you tag somebody else. No, no, I'm not playing a game. I'm reading, Ernie, and I'm not it. Okay, but Bert is it. <laughs> Ernie, I, I am, I am not, I'm not it. Yes, you I, are, Bert. You're it, Bert. No, I'm not. Yes, you are, Bert. Bert's it. Bert is it. Bert is it. <laughs> You're it, Bert. Ah, yeah, I got you. I got you. I'm gonna get you. I'm gonna get you. Ernie, I'm gonna get you. Bert is it. You're it, Bert. I'm not it. No, you're not. me, Bert. Yeah, yes, Very I got good, you, you got yes. me. You are it. I That's am not. True. You're it. That's right. <laughs> yep, I am no, it, I, Bert. I am going back to my reading now. Oh, but Bert, wasn't that fun? <laughs> yeah. Wasn't yeah. that great to get yeah. all that exercise? Terrific, yeah, yeah, yeah. Aren't you glad you played that game? Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, good. Because you're it again, Bert. I am Christopher Maverick. You can call me Mav, and I am here once again with Wayne Wise. Hey, Wayne. Hey, Mav. How are you? So we're back. We're back. Um, I'm healthier this week. Me too. <laughs> Lightly. Too. I'm still not 100%, but I, I am feeling better. So yeah. hopefully we don't do what we did last week where we just literally let the guests talk the entire show and pretend and, we're not and, on it. And, and they, they were great guests for that. They, they, yeah. they, they, yeah, they didn't need really us at well. all, really. Other than the, the format that we gave them and told them how to plug in the mics and turn it on. Other than that, yep. they were great. Yeah, it was great. And of course, I was so sick that if you listen to last week's show, you'll see that in the last minute when we're saying goodbye, I forgot to fade in the music. So the music's oh, just no. playing over us. And I was like, when I realized it, I was like, oh, I could delete the episode and re upload it no no nah. <laughs> so, so blooper reel on the last well, well, show well, yeah well l- luckily that that music goes on for long enough that uh yeah yeah it was fine <laughs> max will appreciate we're making fun of his song at the beginning of the show instead of the end i'm the sure end. it will come up again yeah, yeah. <laughs> thank you for the song max yeah <laughs> weird topic for this week because well, it, it's a was, weird topic, but it's really kind of a follow up to last week's topic. Yeah, it is. And I thought when when we saw this, well, this is clearly the most interesting thing, thing that's going to happen in pop culture this week. And then as we as you and I were discussing yesterday, then yesterday <laughs> we saw Batman's penis for some reason that we don't understand. Yeah. Or so, so which, which, believe it or not, ties in with the Muppets we're going to be talking about. So, yes. Yeah. <laughs> so. So today's topic, we are talking about outing possibly gay or not gay puppets on children's television shows. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Pretty much. <laughs> Specifically, Burton Ernie on Sesame Street, a former writer of the show came out and he said, I've always thought of the characters as gay. And. I thought, 
yeah, I've seen Sesame Street, clearly. And then a little while later, Frank Oz said, no, they're absolutely not gay. And then the producers said, no, they're absolutely not gay. And then the Internet had a shit storm because it's the Internet. And then all parties came out. Oh, it doesn't really matter if they're gay or not. Not that there's anything wrong with that. Blah, blah, blah. And they did the standard thing. But we decided this is this show. So clearly we're going to talk about that. Yeah. And it was partially prompted by a friend of ours on Facebook posted about this. And mm-hmm. and, and he, he has a daughter who watches it and he just and you know he, he's right. He gets very tired of just everything being sexualized. And, you know, his, his point was very valid. But I guess I'm bringing this up just as a word of warning that if you are friends of either Mav or I on Facebook and you mention anything pop culture, be prepared for us to hijack your, your conversation and use it for a show because that's happened twice in the last two weeks. Yes. So, and we'll continue to. We'll continue um, to so that's just fair warning to anybody who wants to yes. talk about pop culture in front of us. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but I mean, they should be used to that from right, yeah, they're used knowing to that for anyway. years. <laughs> so anyway, guest for this week. Well, the first one, when um, you and I talked about this, I went and I wrote up a blog post. I posted it and then I immediately texted my friend Josie. Hey, Josie. Hey, Mav. <laughs> hey, Josie. Josie's a colleague of mine. And I believe I texted you. So you want to come on my show next week and talk about gay puppets? And <laughs> and you said, how did you know I've been reading about that all night? <laughs> <laughs> yep. <laughs> I was like, which is exactly why I asked her because I was like, clearly Josie's cares about this issue because why wouldn't she? <laughs> right, right. Um, yeah, so I am a PhD student at uh, Duquesne. Yep, and I um, study queer theory and I do a lot of like work with pop culture. Right now I'm dissertating. So I'm reading a lot of um, old lesbian magazines and ways they talked about pop culture. No sense though. Makes you perfect for this. And then the other person, I was thinking, well, who do I know who's going to have opinions about gay stuff in pop culture? And that's where Brian comes from. Brian Broom, welcome to the show. Hi, everybody. How are we? <laughs> Hi, Brian. <laughs> Brian, what do you do? I am a, a fellow at the University of Pittsburgh in the MFA department, and I am a writer. Uh, mm-hmm. And I write a lot about gay stuff. And I, and I think a lot about gay stuff uh, <laughs> on a daily basis. So, uh, oh, wait, was I supposed to say that out loud? I wasn't supposed to. Uh, yeah. So, uh, yeah, I mean, I have uh, definite opinions about this topic. <laughs> That's great. That's great. And Wayne, uh, if, if you've heard if you've heard the show before, you would just assume that you and I have definite opinions on this topic. Yeah, probably. <laughs> <laughs> so I gave a, a brief intro, but the idea that really got Wayne and I talking, you know, originally on this Facebook post of a friend of ours and then sort of amongst ourselves at the store afterwards is our, our friend had a point, you know, does everything need to be sexualized on this television show that his six year old watches? And that's partly a point. And my argument, which I which I said to him is, yes. But not, I mean, depends on what you mean by sexualized. Do I need to see Burton or any fuck? And I don't, I, I don't care. But we had, we had a comment on the blog post from Jessica, a friend of mine, who said that when she was a kid, she thought Bird and Ernie were gay and she didn't know any gay people. So she thinks that's good. It allowed her to grow up and believe that this was sort of an okay way to be. If, if Bird and Ernie are two boys who love each other, then two boys loving each other is okay. 
And I think that's kind of, I mean, for starters, I would argue that's an okay message Mm -hmm. for a children's television show, which is also about teaching people to be okay with people who are autistic, people who are deaf, people who are black and white and Hispanic people, you know, like the entire message of Sesame Street has been at least since I was a child a long time ago. And I would imagine still today, everybody's okay. Everybody's different and that's okay. Mm-hmm. So. Well, and, and here's, here's the part where I reveal I was, you know, by the time Sesame Street premiered i was already reading so i never i didn't grow up watching sesame street i was like six or seven when it first came on i've seen episodes i'm aware of it but i was not raised mm-hmm. with it so i i have a different you know interaction with it i suppose i, I guess this is probably also the point in the show where you know we should talk a little bit just about the the earliest the I mean, sort of the core they're puppets they don't have a sexuality they're pieces of cloth that's been an argument you know, so that's the argument i've seen so a lot there's that part of it but it doesn't matter because you know we we perceive them as living characters and as such they they represent a lot of different things to a lot of different people and as you and I've talked before Mav that whole whatever the intention of that writer or Frank Oz or anybody else is any of this stuff any of these different interpretations can be read into these characters and that alone makes it worth talking about you know what what are these representations what are people reading into it and and how is that relevant to anybody's life I'm just trying to justify well, talking about gay puppets I. <laughs> <laughs> There's no justification needed. I mean, come on. Um, but I, I actually, um, I, I thought about this for a while, and I, I'm actually, I mean, as I foreshadowed earlier, I'm a super gay person. So, um, what? Like super gay? Yeah. Like you wouldn't even believe how gay. Like it's not even funny anymore. Um, if, but if, I, if, I, if I had the rights to the South Park song, I would put it in right there. <laughs> but, but like I, uh, I, I thought about like when I was a kid, did I ever? You know, because I mean, I was a gay kid. Was I a gay kid? I mean, uh, somebody told me a long time ago, like, there's no such thing as a gay person. Um, there are only gay actions. Um, so you can't really define a, okay. a person. I mean, there's a lot of people who don't identify as gay who do gay stuff, right? I mean, I met most of my, sure. I met them in college. Yeah. If you take that idea that, you know, all behavior, gender, sexuality is performative, then sure. I don't think that's what they meant by yeah, that. But okay. <laughs> right. I mean, so yeah. I, I started to ask myself, like, I wonder, I mean, did I ever think about it? Did I ever think about uh, Bert and Ernie being gay? And I just don't think I ever did. And, and um, I oftentimes wonder what the, what this conversation is about, because again, you know, they're puppets. Um, but the argument could be made that, you know, Miss Piggy and Kermit were clearly straight. I mean, she was a horn dog. Yeah. Um, well, and that, know, that's and, it. That, that, that's all a little slut-shamey, Brian. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> she had a healthy sexual appetite. Let's say that. Like, right. um, yeah. so that was, I mean, she was constantly doing that, you know. I mean, she was kind of rapey. Like, I mean, she, she <laughs> but, you know, and I've heard that argument made, like, that gets to be normalized. Um, mm-hmm. But, uh, you know, to the, the, the talk about, you know, Bert and Ernie being gay, we can't have that, you know, because again, it, it, uh, it makes people think about when people start talking about gay, they start thinking about sex, mm-hmm. um, right. automatically. Um, they right. don't think because nothing else matters. Right. Exactly. To the point of, you know, them being puppets, they don't have genitalia. You're right, Brian, like Miss Piggy and Kermit don't, but they're clearly a couple. There's no questioning of that. Big Bird has parents on on Sesame Street. He's perpetually six. 
Yeah, they do have couples. Sex does occur, at least in the theoretical sense. And again, I don't think anybody is talking about I physically need to see fornication between Bert and Ernie in order to like no one cares. I shouldn't say no one. Someone Someone does. And frankly, if you and and if you said that episode, I mean, they're on HBO now. So if you said that episode was going to be on, I'm tuning in. I mean, I. (laughs) (laughs) but. I'm weird. So, but it, it's not about that. The, the question is today's episode is brought to you by the letter of, Oh, <laughs> uh, so Wayne's no longer sick. He's sick in a different way. <laughs> but Brian, you even said you knew you were gay when you were a little kid. Yeah. I mean, I didn't have, I didn't have language for it, but I definitely right. knew I was like, you know, there was something different about me. I couldn't put, you know, a name to it, but you know, as I, I mean, I grew up watching Sesame Street. I never, and I, and I watched Sesame Street for way too long. Like I have to just admit <laughs> that, like, like well into like before, like pre puberty, you know? And then at that point, even I wasn't thinking about, you know, Ernie and Bert being gay. I was thinking about mm-hmm. like Michael from good times being gay. Um, <laughs> oh my God. Michael from Good Times. So Michael's never come up before. JJ has JJ's come up on the up, show. Yeah. No, Michael hasn't. Michael was the one. He was all black and conscious, and I was like a little kid, and I was like, oh, my. and I, you know, I knew I loved watching Michael from Good Times. I could give a fuck about Ernie and Bert, like, so, <laughs> you know. And I, I just this topic, I just kept asking myself, like, why does it matter? And I was talking to people for whom it, who, for whom it does matter. You know, mm-hmm. representation matters. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and if it came out that Bert and Ernie were gay, like what, who would have a problem with that? Um, mm-hmm. so yeah, I mean, uh, but you know, people would have a problem with that. They would, yeah. they would, the people would be up in arms, Absolutely. you know? I think too, something that you said, like, I, I also was watching Sesame Street whenever I was younger and also gay. Cause it seems like we're doing that at the beginning of when we're talking. Right. right. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, yes. I did. Uh, welcome to gay anonymous. Uh, <laughs> hi Josie. Hi. Right. Sorry. Um, so I think, you know, Brian, when you were saying like you were watching, like you knew you were gay and you couldn't put a name to it. Right. That's one of the things like about the about it being explicit, which, you know, just because a writer is talking about having that in his mind doesn't, you know, make it so in a transcendental way. But one of the things that's so important about representation for queer kids is, you know, we're in a marginalized group that doesn't always grow up with people around us who have experiences. And Mm -hmm. so, you know, we learn our language and, um, you know, like our sexuality from the kind of representation we see. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's absolutely true. You know, and so that's why I'm just of, of two minds about it. I mean, part of me is really kind of, you know, I mean, dare I say it, it's like an internalized homophobia, you know, like, oh, yeah. um, you know, uh, because then when I started thinking about Bert and Ernie being gay, I started thinking like, well, do kids really need to see that? And I'm like, oh my God, I sound like my grandfather. Like, you know, um, <laughs> but I guess that's in there as well. I mean, if I were a more progressive thinking person, maybe I would be like all about it. And, and, and I do have friends who are like, absolutely, they should, you know, they should be gay. They should definitely be, um, you know, represented as such. You know, they give all the signifiers of being a couple. You know, but do they? Because mm-hmm. you know, they, well, Sesame Street says so. that they're best, they're best friends. You know, if we saw two women in that position, like, would they necessarily be 
uh, if, if Bert and Ernie were gendered, gendered female, would they be considered a couple? Well, we get like way less representation on television, so probably not. Right, right. Yeah, <laughs> true, true. Well, and I mean, I mentioned briefly, I didn't want to take over the Sesame Street thing, but I did mention Sailor Moon briefly. And, and Sailor Moon, when the series, when the American dub of the series first started, they more or less played the, I mean, almost every character on the show is female. Obviously it's Sailor Moon, but several of them are lesbians and they downplayed it through editing. Oh, they're all just close friends. They didn't, they didn't acknowledge actual romantic relationships till later on in the show. I don't know enough about it, but I mean, on our she episode, Hannah and Katia talked about that. So go back and listen to that one. <laughs> it is, it is one thing that there is that question, but my point with it was, when I talked about not needing to see them fuck, we often confuse sexuality with sex, the activity mm-hmm. and that with sex, the, you know, chromosomal makeup kind right. of thing. So like we use those words weirdly interchangeably. I find this interesting because Brian pointed out, you said you were a gay child. Yeah. I assume that when you're watching Sesame Street, you're not picking up other boys at that same time for physical activity. No. I don't need I to know. Not. You don't need to. <laughs> you don't need to. You know, cause any legal problems for no. yourself. But in general, but that said, that doesn't mean you weren't gay, right. and that's and that's a very specific thing. So, do Bert and Ernie physically have genitalia? No. I mean, I, I assume those puppets don't. But I've not looked under under. I, I don't want to. Um, but it. That shouldn't be the essence of their gayness or straightness any more so than when I watch any movie. Um, Like, I know that when I watch um, Riverdale, the actress who plays Veronica and the actor who plays Archie are not really in a relationship. Right. They're not actually having sex. That doesn't make. But the characters are in a relationship like the physical action shouldn't really matter. It's a pretend television show. That's so. So and most shows that have heterosexual couples that aren't, you know, romantic, steamy things like Riverdale. You don't see the sex lives on the Brady Bunch or the Cosby show or most family sitcoms. It's not like we watch their sex lives. There's a mom and a dad and we just say, okay, they're straight because they're a mom and a dad and they're married. And I just assume they are. They clearly have asexuality. Why wouldn't gay characters just because that's not the central theme of the show is, you know, it's a show for five year olds. It it doesn't need to be the show. It's interesting because I was, I've been watching uh, Will and Grace, uh, Mm -hmm. that old show from the nineties, which that's, it's back. I mean, I, well, I haven't been watching the new ones. I've been watching the old ones um, because I was drunk for most of the 90s and I didn't get to catch it back then. <laughs> um, so I've been watching it. And man, that show does not age well, you know. Nope. It, no, it, it does not age well. And I remember at the time it was like a big, it was a hit because people were just sort of thrilled to see gay people on TV. Um, and then the question became, well, why are they never in relationships? Why don't they kiss? Why are they not ever in bed together? Why are they not, uh, you know, why is the sort of gay aspect of this gay show, um, being sort of like sidelined? Um, you know, and I thought that was really interesting. I've been watching it and I've, and, and, and I've been, the watching has turned into a study of how actually really <laughs> homophobic and misogynist and, you know, that's a whole other topic, but like, um, this was the gay show, you know, of the nineties. And now, um, mm-hmm. it, 
it, it just does not, it doesn't age well. Um, and the characters aren't very, um, I wouldn't want, I wouldn't want them to be my, you know, my gay friends, you know, they're, uh, <laughs> you know, Will or Grace. I mean, they, they're both horrible and, and the way you look at it now. And that's the thing. It's like mm-hmm. the way that we're looking at things now is far different from the way that we looked at things even like, you know, a decade ago. You know? mm-hmm. I don't know if I actually made a point there, but I was trying <laughs> I think some of it comes back to, and this is this is what I was alluding to earlier, saying it ties into our our topic from last week, which was sexualizing Disney prince Disney princesses. And I think there is something you know when these things that are ostensibly for children, Disney princesses, Sesame Street, when the world starts sexualizing them, applying sexuality to these children. You know, characters made for children people get really uncomfortable um mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and you at last week mav and i revealed me i i was wearing my my sexy snow white halloween costume last week and the, uh, yeah, and, and, and mav was wearing his sexy little mermaid i need to review yeah, this week i'm wearing my yeah. sexy snuffleupagus costume for this show so Oh, damn it. We're wearing the yeah. same one. We were supposed yeah, to coordinate. I'm, I'm sorry. Damn it. Oh. Evidence <laughs> yeah. Well, no, the thing is, nobody else is going to be able to see it anyway. So, all right. Fine. Radio, theater of the mind. <laughs> Again, <laughs> don't ruin the bit, right? right? I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> I but, 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 but that's, I, I, I do think that that's part of it. Is people are uncomfortable with, you know, sexualizing things that they perceive as being perceived with for children, which brings us to Batman's penis. Because yeah, for, yeah. For, <laughs> well, doesn't everything? Yes, no, um, <laughs> directly. No, well, no. For for those who don't know, last week a a new DC comic featuring Batman came out called Batman Damned. It's part of their new Black Label line, which is doing the superheroes for in more adult stories. In gritty stories, you know, like we've right. been doing since 1985. Right. Yeah, yeah, but, but these, these are the ones that, you know, even though we haven't had a comics code in 10 years or whatever, these, these are the ones that are for adults. And so they, they do an adult Batman story where he's, it's the Joker and there's whatever. And lo and behold, he takes his pants off in the Batcave and there's his wang. And, and the internet yep. lost its fucking mind. Wow. What? Because, because he was taking his pants off in the back cave. Uh, yeah, and and oh, yeah, you do. Excuse me, I've never been. Yeah, in the and cave. yeah, okay. and 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 really, that's all the justification there was. He came back from being Batman and changed clothes. And oh, he's right. the Yes, right. And take pants off one leg at a yep, time. And, but but yeah. there <laughs> there was the bat penis and. Uh, and the, and the internet lost its mind and the book sold out. Yeah. You know, I work in a store. It sold out that day. I've taken, Oh, roughly 30,000 phone calls since from people who have never read Batman <laughs> because they want to see his penis. Uh, we've sold out mm-hmm. and they don't know how cool uh, yeah, it and, works. <laughs> and, and the book is sold out from the publisher and the distributor. DC has announced that they are reprinting it but they're reprinting a centered version so so much for their adult line Damn. but but it, once again like you know dr dr manhattan in in watchman his wang was hanging out 30 years ago and mm. and mm-hmm. it's you know robert crumb was drawing penises in the 1960s so this isn't having having seen dr manhattan um dick and having seen batman's dick batman's Batman is more impressive um yeah just for just for, from from yeah, an aesthetic yeah. point of view uh, uh, but but, yeah. but the, the point, I, I think you know once again this is thing that you know we've been seeing this in com- those of us who do comics we've been seeing this forever what you know it's it's no big deal mm-hmm. but the internet loses mind tom, tom finland yeah um 
but the, yes. don't google it if you don't yeah, really want to see yeah, it I'm just saying yeah yeah if, if you google that be prepared uh, but but it is and once again i think you know, the internet lost its mind because in the mind of the vast public, in spite of all of the the Batfleck and and Nolan movies and whatnot, Batman is still either Adam West or a Saturday morning cartoon character in the Super Friends. Right. So I think there's that. Yeah, that sexualization of this icon for children ties in with Burton, Ernie, and and sexy Snow White. I, I, I think these are all somewhere down deep the same cop, same topic, and it's you know America's discomfort with discussing the possibility of sexuality around children. Right. I think it's a discomfort with discussing sexuality around children. And also the idea, like anything remotely deviant yes. Yes. in sexuality. I don't think the world is ever going to have as much of a problem with the fact that Batman has a penis and we got, we got to see it just, just judging purely based on mm-hmm. internet reaction. And there was a lot for both things. The Batman penis thing is a smaller reaction, as far as I can tell, than the fact that Bird and Ernie might off camera. And, and I and I think you're right. And some of that is because of of the Christopher Nolan movies, and we've seen more adult versions of Batman. He's not purely in the realm of this is for six year olds learning to read. Mm-hmm. I think a lot of it is just. I think that if you had a comic where Batman and Robin fucked, I'd think. It would be front page on every yeah. newspaper in America. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. absolutely. <laughs> yeah. And, I, and I think that that's what that's Dang, what it comes wow, down to. Comics aren't just yeah. for kids anymore. <laughs> it would also be my desktop wallpaper. So. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I wonder too. Whenever we're thinking about you know children and sexuality, like at what age then are people who are protesting Burton Ernie? maybe being gay like at what age do they feel we should teach our children about sexuality because children you know have sexuality um i guess not before they're nominated to be supreme court justice certainly not not. (laughs) and now we know what they were recording this on (laughs) sorry listeners Uh, yeah. <laughs> um, no, no, I mean, I think Josie's absolutely right. There is a problem. There's a general discomfort we have with the idea of discussing sex around children in general. That was ob- obvious during our Little Mermaid episode last week. And I think that with the Little, I mean, the Little Mermaid, I guess it was yeah. all Disney princes. It was ob- evident during our Disney princes episode your, last week. just showing your and preference think, now. Yeah, sure. <laughs> She's really hot. Okay, see, I'm, I'm, I'm giving up. The, like, I was going to be gay for this show, but oh my god, I'm not very, very well. No, I. Uh... Yeah, well, yeah, no, but I mean, I, I'm, I'm a little too. Like, I, I remember when the Little Mermaid movie came out, and I was a teenager already, and my brothers were of age to where they might reasonably still care about Little Mermaid movies, and they didn't, and I did, and was like, why are you watching this? Like, shut up. <laughs> this is a good movie. Damn it. Shut up and get out of my room. <laughs> yeah, leave me alone. Um, more than you want to know. Um, yeah, there's, there's that issue, but there's also the issue of, there is a deep judeo-christian belief in there somewhere that it's really fear of the othering of homosexuality because when they say when they say oh we don't want to sexualize children again um and i'm and i'm and i made this i made this point on the blog i've watched sesame street 
if you haven't watched Sesame Street, if you if you if you've watched Sesame Street and like been honestly critical of it, just like like Brian was talking about watching things with a critical eye. This is my life. This is what I do. Elmo fucks everybody. <laughs> oh, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I've watched the show. And if you don't think that Elmo is fucking everybody, then you're not watching the show close enough. And I'm not saying all the female characters. I'm saying Elmo is pansexual. He doesn't care if you're human or monster, male or female or anything in between. Elmo is into you. And I'm not mad at Elmo for that. You do you, Elmo. Like, I'm, you know, <laughs> Elmo is. <laughs> he, he probably does. Yeah. <laughs> and again, it's subtle. But to say Elmo doesn't, you know, oh, well, no, Elmo's a cute little kid. No, Elmo gets away with it because he's a cute little kid. And because no one's ever thought about it, they just assume that he's straight. Elmo has explicitly, and by the way, he's three and a half and he explicitly has a girlfriend. He has for quite some time. If you watch the show, the character of Zoe was created on Sesame Street to be Elmo's uh, girlfriend. She has no other purpose on the show. She's an orange monster. She looks a lot like Elmo, but in a tutu and she's orange. And, you know, it's not like you see them making out or anything, but she was created to be his female counterpart and they dance and they sing together. And she's Elmo's girlfriend, except for when Abby is Elmo's girlfriend on other episodes. Damn, Elmo. I didn't know. I didn't <laughs> yeah. know. For you. And Abby is a little purple monster, well, she's not a monster. She's a fer- she's a fairy, which means she looks exactly like the rest of them, except for she has wings. So <laughs> and I put pictures of both on the blog. Elmo hugging both of them. Elmo is into both of them. Elmo is into every human child. Elmo is into every human adult. And in my mind, there's a Sesame Street, the college years. And I believe <laughs> in this version of the show, Elmo is drunk and on Molly and at every party and, and, and Elmo fucks a lot. And I wish I had Elmo's game. Wow. So that's part of it. That's part of the show. It, I mean, it, it really is. And it's not like, maybe it's not explicit to you. Maybe you don't see it because, you know, again, it's my job to sit here and read these things into things. That's, that's literally what you do as, you know, as a literature, cultural studies person, like, I am like Josie is. And if you're specifically studying sex, that's what I'm looking for. I'm looking for coded sexual identifiers, but it's there. And now that I've said it, seriously, Google it and watch it. And you'll be like, oh, wow. If Elmo was 14 or 16, I think all of his behavior was super inappropriate and uncomfortable and, and you'd be uncomfortable with it. I don't. I mean, I'm fine. I'm again, Elmo, you do you. You are the Mac. We bow down to you, Elmo. But, but like most parents would not be okay with Elmo's behavior, but for the fact that they forgive it because they say, ah, oh, he's and, three. And he's a puppet. Yeah. And he's, I don't even like, honestly, he does a lot of stuff to where if, if Oscar or Grover were doing it, were doing it, people would question it. Yeah, I'm super uncomfortable right now. I'm <laughs> <laughs> hearing about Elmo's debaucherous lifestyle. Like, I can't, I don't know what to think right now. I'm like, yeah, yeah, I'm, um, I'm, but, a, little je- I'm a little jealous, actually. I- <laughs> <laughs> well, Jesse, you outed yourself earlier. I mean, I want to know, like, I, I mean, do you really think that if Burton Ernie were represented female, that this would be an issue. Oh, um, yeah. I mean, I'm, I would honestly be surprised if they would make that, if they would even think about making that move. 
Um, in some ways, I'm going to answer your question, but I'm going to do it in a circular way. <laughs> That's what the show is um, all about. And, <laughs> all right. In some ways, the fact that they're two male puppets um, makes it, it's kind of important to thinking about the context when they're created. Um, you have to remember that Sesame Street premiere, premiered a few months after the Stonewall mm. riots. Mm-hmm. Um, when Saltzman, the guy who did the interview that kind of blew up the internet, was writing Bert and Ernie, it's in the middle of the AIDS epidemic. Um, mm-hmm. And so when he's talking in the interview, he's talking about um, he was closeted for part of the time I think he was working there and then he was out. But, you know, in the 80s, that's still a really like contained kind of outness. Um, Absolutely. So he's talking about kind of like using his relationship with Arnold Glassman. So the guy who directed the celluloid closet as an analog for Burton Ernie and drawing his inspiration from that. Um, so like kind of just like with the ties to the AIDS epidemic in the eighties, not that there's not still an AIDS epidemic going on, but it kind of makes it hard to divorce their gender from their sexuality and like think of a sincere answer to that question. This came up a little bit on our episode about fanfic and one of the problems I think with a lot of mainstream television and and Josie, you referenced it, it is more rare to have lesbian representation changing, but traditionally to have lesbian representation on a show than the already rare male homosexual bisexuals are almost entirely invisible in you know, in mainstream, uh, in mainstream production, with the exception of the fact where it becomes a specific part of the show where it is all about how slutty this bisexual person is. And that would be, we've, we've talked about it, Legends of Tomorrow. That is the premise of the, of the Sarah Lance character on that show. But for the most part, you don't have that kind of representation. And I, Except for, you know, if, if lesbians are represented, it's very much in a, we, you know, we haven't mentioned Laura Mulvey yet this, uh, this show, Wayne, mm-hmm. but it's a, it's a male gaze kind of thing. You'll, you'll have lesbians on shows as a fantasy, but not real representation. It's a spectacle to be looked at. And, you know, Burden Ernie can't be that because it's a, it's a show for five-year-olds. And I don't, so like, I'm, I'm just trying to think if I can think of any, I mean, there was always the question of whether or not one of the Teletubbies was gay, but they're all but genderless. I don't know if they have genders. They're barely recognizable from each other, but for color. So I don't know. I don't know how to do that. I don't know my job to sort of look for these things. And I can't think of any, I cannot think of a lesbian representation in a children. Well, Sailor Moon. Yeah. Um, one of, I did want to jump back to that. Um, thinking about that show, the American dub, the way that they handled the sexuality of two of the sailors was to change the dubs. That they were cousins instead of lovers. Yeah. <laughs> um, Which is super creepy. When straight people try to fix <laughs> no, my, my very first lesbian couple was obviously like everybody, Peppermint Patty and Lucy. Um, Marcy, um, no, Marcy. Some, well, yes. it might have been Lucy too. We don't know, but um, I mean, I <laughs> we don't know. I mean, they, you know, they're, 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 things happen at parties. But, I mean, know. even when I was watching Sesame Street and Bert and Ernie didn't code to me as gay, Peppermint Patty and Marcy did, and it's very specifically because they were so yeah. butch fam. <laughs> you know, it was that sort of heteronormative representation of you know 
what a lesbian couple was or, you know, because Peppermint Patty was supposed to, you know, be so she was kind of butch for lack of a better term, you know, and, and that's what I thought lesbians mm-hmm. were. I had an idea about lesbians, but for, at the same time, I'm watching Bert and Ernie mm-hmm. not coding them as gay. I'm coding Peppermint Patty and Marcy as gay. Um, which I think is interesting. It's probably mm-hmm. only interesting to me, but, um, no, no, I, I specifically mentioned in the blog that, you know, they were the one, they were the couple that is indisputable. And I, I said, that said, I maintain that in another franchise, Pepper Patty and Marcy are totally doing it. And I think it's obvious. And I think that if you ignore it, oh, you're shit, delusional and the, wrong. Read the blog before. <laughs> <They're gay>. <laughs> <laughs> no, nobody no, reads the blog. Like, Patty <laughs> is the top. <laughs> 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 I'll pivot at the end of the show. Everyone should read the blog. <laughs> I did. I'm Brian. I'm surprised you never thought. I, I I don't know why I'm surprised. I just never thought that. Um. I, excuse me. I always thought that Bert and Ernie were gay in like in the way that I was like, oh, there's something different. You know. I also didn't have the language right. for it. Never dawned on but, me. But also just like at, at this point as well, I think our culture has. You know, there was the. New Yorker cover right after the um, right after same sex marriage was legalized, right with Bert mm-hmm. and Ernie on it. Um, mm-hmm. I don't know the announcement that the writer said they were gay. It was kind of like telling someone telling me that like Zena and Gabrielle right. are lovers. I was like, okay, I thought we like right. kind of had established. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and that didn't happen. Well, that's a good point because the Zena Gabrielle thing they announced it after the show was canceled, and I'm like. Which show were you? Yeah, right. they're. I mean, that's the show. <laughs> like, isn't that the central theme of the show? <laughs> like, I mean, it, I, I guess Bert and Ernie kind of work as friends. It's a weird. I mean, like I've had male roommates. I I don't. Again, I was drunk for a lot of the '90s, so there's stuff I might not remember. But I mostly don't think you know I was hanging out while they were bathing. <laughs> and they both seem like they'd be terrible roommates. Like you only live with someone like that if you're in right. love with them. You know? Yeah, yeah. And they, you know, they fight like a married couple. Like it just seemed obvious to me. And you know, again, you're talking about the the '70s and '80s when I'm, you know, when I'm paying attention. But I also, you know, which again, I, I linked to some a couple of them on the blog. I watched a lot of Sesame Street. I read a lot of the books. Bert cross-dressed a lot at that point, like really a lot. And he would always sort of complain about it. And, but the complaint was just, Oh, Ernie's making me do this again. Okay. So Ernie's into like that. That doesn't make it better. You know, (laughs) like like it, it, it's not like, I don't have a problem with it, but I mean, that becomes a kink game at that point. (laughs) This conversation is taking me to places I never thought I would go. Oh, welcome to the show. <laughs> but that's what, and most importantly, I um I posted a link to the German version of Sesame Street, which I had not seen before, and which I had a friend of mine translate a German friend of mine translated it for me, uh, my friend Niliana. So it is a German version of Sesame Street, wherein um they are doing Princess and the Frog with Ernie as the frog. And Bert as the princess and, you know, the ball falls in the pond and, and, and Bert wants the frog to get it out. And, you know, the frog only agrees to do it for a kiss. So they kiss on this episode. And then when they kiss, the magic spell happens and, and Bert turns into a frog as well. You know, oh, right. you know, irony. But before that, and this is great because there's a, there's a point where they're singing a song 
in order to, before Frog Ernie is willing to go get the ball, Ernie um, makes Bert sing um, the Bita 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 song, which is please, please, please in, yeah. <laughs> in German. And it is like, now that I've read the translation and sort of I was reading along while watching it in German, oh, it is so kinky. <laughs> it is it is you know it is a it is a man a puppet man in a frog suit and a puppet man in a princess suit and the frog man you know is making the princess man sing please 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 over and over again before going you know into the water coming out kissing and then also being in a frog suit there are so many mixed messages I am, you know, I've watched this video like three times and read along and, and I'm very confused. So like, again, you don't need the translation. I've just told you what they're saying and watch the video and you'll be like, oh, well, that, wow, this is, you'll be, you, you talked about being uncomfortable. Oh, yeah. just wait till you watch I mean, it. Viewing this stuff with adult eyes is, is kind of weird too, because I mean, I mean, even though as a gay kid, I wasn't, I wasn't in tune to it. You know, now I see it. You know, I see how. I mean, they do bicker like a married couple. I mean, the the uh, I think the official explanation from you know uh, public television was like they were putting uh, Bert and Ernie out there to show how people who have different personalities can still love each other because, as we know, Ernie's kind of uh, you know he's kind of a flibber to gibbet and and he's uh, you know and. And, and Bird is very sort of staunch and, and serious. And that was the idea they were going with. But what they've ended up with is, you know, all of my gay friends who have been married for 20 years, you know, that's what they look like, you know, um, mm -hmm. just bickering back and forth. So you look mm -hmm. at it with an adult eye and you're like, yeah, of course. But, you know, again, when I was a kid, I just never saw it. And I, and I, I have to wonder like if my, I mean, my parents, I was the first person in my whole family to ever come out. I'm sure there are others, but they haven't come out mm -hmm. and you know, it wasn't take, it wasn't handled well. Mm -hmm. Um, and I wonder like, okay, so now I see these parents out there who really could, could give a shit whether their kid is gay or not. It's wonderful to see, um, you know, uh, little mm -hmm. boys being raised and, you know, there's not this sort of like toy differential where you can only play with this or that. They don't care. Um, so in the end, I sort of fall on this, like the parents who are going to raise their kids pro gay are just going to do it anyway, whether Bert and Ernie are gay or not, you know, and, and the parents who are anti-gay mm -hmm. are going to, you know, it might possibly even be worse, you know, um, to have that. I mean, if Bert and Ernie were gay in my house, um, you know, with the way that I grew up in terms of like being the only gay person in my family that I know of, I don't know that it would have gone particularly better for me. You know, does that make sense? I that makes a lot of sense. I'm also the only queer person in my family who's out. Um, I like how we both think we probably have a lot of secret queers in our family. <laughs> oh, yeah. I know my... We got a few uncles that don't come around a whole lot. I think I know what's going on. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I wonder, for me personally, if, like, even if it might not have helped my family, if it would have been nice for me to just see these puppets who are gay, who, like, still have right. friends... And who were still welcome on Sesame Street. And it might have helped like other little kids, like not right, be right, assholes, that's true. right? Just being like, oh, the Muppets, you know, some of them are gay too. Muppets right. and people are gay. Hmm. I think the counter argument. You're talking about, you know, what is assumed and what's not. If they're if they're not gay, I was just thinking, you know, about the arguing like married couples. I think 
you'd you'd maybe argue, well, they're not gay. They're like the odd couple. And it's like, yeah, but I've seen the odd couple. They're gay. Like, like, I mean, like, do you not get that? Like the entire name of the show is a reference to, it's not the odd friends. It's not the odd roommates. They use couple because it has a connotation that's a double meaning. Like, so I, obviously they're not, they have girlfriends on that show, but they are playing into that. You know, that is the, that is sort of the purpose of that narrative in order to buy it as humor, in order to buy the odd couple as humor, there is almost, I mean, not, not almost, there is an explicit implied homophobia towards Felix's. I think in the original play, wasn't Felix supposed to be gay? Like in the original, cause the odd couple was a play before it was a TV show. I thought the Felix yes. character was supposed to have been gay. And is is he explicitly gay yeah, or is he coded gay? Coded, without, I just remember I reading I that somewhere that in the play he was actually gay. But well, it's, it you know, yeah, mm-hmm. the commies thing. And Mav, you and I have talked about this. Sergeant Fury's Howling Commandos and you know, Percival Pinkerton. In, you know, in 1963, Stan and Jack intended for him to be a gay character. They couldn't say that in a comic book in 1963, but he was certainly coded mm-hmm. with a lot of the cliche gay behaviors from 1963. And he is a perfectly adequate member of a military installation where no one cares. Yeah. 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 Can you carry a gun? Good. Cause there's people shooting at us. Yeah. This is also, a, this is also a book. It is the yeah, most it, integrated it, it, team it, it, of military it, it, personnel it, it, in World War Two. There's a there's a multicultural for 1963. There is a coded gay Frenchman. There is a white commanding officer. There is a black man. There's an Englishman, black man slash purple. In the first um, issue, he was coloring as a white man because the colorists didn't believe there could be a black man in the book. Uh, and, and then they and then they tried to fix it. And it was horrible. <laughs> Yeah, it becomes purple um, instead of brown because they were having they were having issues with with color plates for the so the first few yeah. issues of the, of the book they, they are were trying, really problematic. They were trying so hard, <laughs> but yeah, they are, and Jack but trying so they, hard. <laughs> yeah, that is an innovative stance yeah. that they are, and and Stan has acknowledged it in later years. It's like, yeah, we we knew what we were doing, presumably because mm-hmm. Stan and Jack both fought in the actual war and probably had yeah. You know, uh, colleagues, they had fellow soldiers who were gay and stands the kind of guy who would not the care. First of all, a Jewish character in comics was in that book. Every, every comic for the first 30 years was created by Jewish creators, but we didn't have a named Jewish character until 1963. Jewish creators with very Christian sounding names. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> like like Yakov Kurtzberg. Yeah. Also known as Jack yes. Kirby or yeah, or as, Stanley as, Lieber. Yeah. As uh, two very Stan prime Lee. examples. Yeah, just Stanley. <laughs> But that, that's way off the top of, of gay puppets or Batman's wang. So. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's such a weird thing. We talked about this a little bit and I, I raised it as an important issue in, in the blog. But it, the question is, representation matters. And we say that. And Josie, this is you know explicitly very much your area. We say that. But no one really explains it. It's just it's become like a just a slogan. It's an SJWTM slogan on the Internet that, oh, no, we need representation. Representation matters. And we need that for women and we need that for gay people. And we need that for black people and Asian people. Yeah. But it, it's weird because I don't think anybody knows why representation matters. Or I mean, it, it's it's a it, that's a complicated issue academically as to what representation even means. There's been gay representation in comics and in media for many, many decades. 
not all of it's very positive. Most of it is very negative, <laughs> you know, till, till relatively recently. Right. And television has like a really fraught history. There's no pre-code era like there is in film. Right, well, right. Film had a little bit of time to get crazy. <laughs> and, <laughs> and television just kind of never had that. And the characters, I mean, right. everyone Paul Lind ever played uh, on TV uh, is yeah. vaguely... <laughs> You know, they are pretty much. Yeah. I mean, that that was always coded in his performance. Um, well, yeah, I, I was thinking, you know, like Liberace back then, there were so many different you know, performers, you know, musicians, actors, whatever, who you know, were incredibly flamboyant. We look back now. I mean, I, I can say that as a fan of Queen and Freddie Mercury in 1977, I didn't read him as gay back then because I knew nothing about that culture or whatever. But, I, you know, I think middle America was just clueless to those, those codings. They knew nothing about the, I just, first of all, just, it wasn't talked about in polite company or any company. And I, I truly believe that there you know, were people living out in the hinterlands who didn't even know homosexuality was a thing really. Um, so these, these people could be on TV and, and do these flamboyant acts and I, you know, get away with it for lack of a better term, because no one perceived them that way. Um, I, I'm I'm going to out myself here as I, my my roommate and I got horribly addicted to the last few weeks of America's Got Talent this season. Uh, I, it's something I, I have never watched any of these reality shows, but we we got terribly invested. There was a performer this year by the name of Hans, and Hans was glitter and makeup and flamboyancy and the Liberace from the modern age. And he was really talented and he was really funny and, and musically really very good. And he didn't win his last performance. He was using an actual you know, jeweled piano of Liberace's. And wow. yeah, and, and oh. my, my roommate and I were, were talking that I, I think to, because you now like Liberace could do that back then because the vast majority of people didn't talk about it, didn't know about it. Hans didn't go any further. Look the other way if they did. Yeah. Or look the other way if they did. <laughs> whereas now you know, Hans is out and proud and blatant about it. And there's still that large contingent of America who are vaguely uncomfortable for that. So they didn't vote for him. Mm -hmm. I, I wonder if, you know, Liberace would have the same success today because it is known and people do talk about it. And that vague backlash, um, it, it's almost counterintuitive. It's like in some ways he could be more himself in the public eye back then yeah. than some people can be today. Um, Liberace was actually a heterosexual sex symbol back in the day. Yeah, like, yeah, exactly. Like women were women were like throwing their panties on the stage mm -hmm. and like you know well, waste of panties. Well, you know, the, <laughs> I mean, the, <laughs> well, I mean, the, the whole you know, in in rock music, the whole glam thing, you know, Bowie and makeup, that whole glam scene, the the makeup thing, and the the hair metal guys in the eighties, you know, they're all puffing up their hair in these big bouffants and wearing makeup and and whatever and. And the, they're hot. I, I saw an interview, one of the, the the bass player in the band The Sweet, Ballroom Blitz. And if you, you see any videos of them from the early 70s, they were huge in Europe and Great Britain. Like they had 13 number one hits or top 10 hits. And and they were completely camping it up. They, they were all straight, but they were wearing the makeup and the glitter and, and camping it up. And on stage, the bass player, Steve Priest, just was really exaggerating the cliche gay movements and, and facial expressions or whatever. And he said any place they they played, you know, the the boyfriends, you know, boy, the guys in the audience wanted to beat him up. All the women wanted to sleep with him. So 
There's something yeah. to that. <laughs> yeah. So that that was their their experience for several years there. Um, so yeah, that that idea of that the effeminate man being a sex symbol, you know, is is not a new thing. I don't know what I don't know what point I was making with any of that, but uh, <laughs> no, but just that that idea. Do we ever? No, and, and we've resolved nothing. <laughs> <laughs> No, I just, no, I find, really what yeah. a waste of an hour of my life i swear <laughs> hey we do this every week <laughs> i you know I, I guess at the end of this whole thing just bert ernie whatever you do you do you and maybe that's the point i mean we got the idea from a, a friend's post and the point that we made there is in in some respect and we're going to talk about this maybe on next week's show but we're going to talk about how interpretation works in, in literature and media in general. The way you interpret any work of media, any work of literature is on you in some respect. And does it matter that Bert and Ernie are gay? The answer is sort of. It matters if you need that mm-hmm. representation. If you don't need that representation, then it doesn't matter. Can you enjoy Bert and Ernie? On any level, long as you can enjoy it on the level with your interpretation and you get what you need out of it, you can sort of say it matters or it doesn't matter. It matters to have explicit representation sometimes because sometimes literature is about training people Mm -hmm. on ideas. But that's not necessarily burden or it's not Sesame Street's main goal. Their main goal is to teach you to read. It's always been a socially conscious show. It's it's, you know, people might. Yeah, I made the joke today about today you'll have people complaining, oh, you're pushing that liberal agenda down our throats. But that's what Sesame Street always yeah. was. You know, from right. day one, it was the liberal agenda coded for five year olds. So that's part of their message. And I think that that's important. But I think that there's also it's made to be digestible. You know, why are they puppets? They're puppets so that you can get away with certain things and have children pay attention. That's that's the point. You know, they, yeah, sure. You could just make a show about two gay guys living together. That was called the odd couple, like we said, or yeah. not, you know, it becomes questionable, but you can do a lot of things with Bert and Ernie that you can't do with regular people that you get away with because they're puppets, because the message is subtle. I, I mean, I made all those comments about Elmo, but is Elmo explicitly pansexual? Is he explicitly polyamorous? Is he explicitly anything? No, he's a three-year-old sock. You know, that's, that's what he is. <laughs> Is <laughs> that makes him able to be anything? Oh, okay. So I guess we'll resolve something good. <laughs> <laughs> Never mind. I don't, know. I, I don't know that there's anything to be resolved right. on that one. Yeah. The question is, you know, are Bert and Ernie gay? Maybe. 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 Yeah. I'm okay with that. And, and I think we have resolved once and for all that Peppermint, Peppermint Patty and Marcy absolutely, absolutely yeah. gay, right? Like, no absolutely. one questions that. Yeah. <laughs> You have your two expert gays on here. Yeah. I have been the expert gay for. In our gay opinion, exactly. they're gay. <laughs> Oh, well, I'd like to thank both of the expert gays for coming on the show this week. You're welcome, girl. Thanks for having us. Anything either of you want to promote? Uh, Josie, where can people find you, anything, follow your work, is there anything do anything you want interesting? To other than homosexuality. <laughs> no, no, there's not. I'm okay if they promote homosexuality. I, I crossed everything off my gay good. agenda today. So I'm good. Yeah. I started a hurricane and I did this podcast. So. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, thank you both then. Wayne, where can people find you? Uh, my blog, uh, wayne-wise.com, if I ever update it. 
Um, I'm on Facebook. <laughs> oh, you promised last week you were doing I know, that. I, I started to, to write something and then I got distracted by class stuff and and uh, proposal stuff and other stuff. So Batman's dick. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was. It was. I mean, I, it was very distracting. Well, and, and the thing is, uh, in, in the regular ongoing Batman title, Dick Grayson got shot in the head. So it was a tough week all around for Batman's dick. <laughs> oh. <laughs> what am I doing? Why did I do that? I could have just edited it in a, a room <laughs> shot. I don't, I, don't, <laughs> I don't know what I'm doing. Um, anyway, you can follow me on Twitter at Chris Maverick. You can follow my blog at www.chrismaverick.com. You can follow the show on Twitter at Vox Popcast or the blog at voxpopcast.com or on Facebook at facebook.com slash voxpopcast. You can um, subscribe to the show on iTunes or wherever else podcasts come from. If you do, leave <laughs> us a review. That helps other where, people find the where show. Where do podcasts it, come from? <laughs> I don't know when when a when a mother podcast and a father podcast love each other very much. They embrace in a special kind of hug, and a little podcast comes out. Thank you. And then you should review that podcast because again, we need your love. It needs validation. Yeah, we need valid need validation. We are sad and lonely little men who speak into a microphone once a week for yeah validation, I guess, or <laughs> patheticness. Uh, who knows? But anyway, we, but we have a. Right, it's a review. We have a killer, killer theme song. So, yeah, yeah, <laughs> yes. Yeah, so, uh, write us a review. We will read it online uh, on the air. If we, if you do, thank you as always to Maximilian of Thoughtform Music for the killer, ultra long, <laughs> ultra epic theme song that is playing us out right now and hopefully building instead of just starting too loud because I messed up like last week. <laughs> Thank you once again to our guests for both being here. Thanks, Josie. Thanks, Brian. Thanks, guys. You're welcome. And thank you for listening, and we will see you next time. Bye. Bye.